if it's a real person, we're like, oh, well, we'll, we'll treat them with respect and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> request with respect. But if you use a, a nomda request, yeah, then, um, yeah, it's just like, That's how it. can we, how can we then, punch this up? Yeah, then you're, you're persona non grata. And we can say whatever <laughs> yeah, we want. Yeah, That's yeah. It. yeah. Nomda require. Nomda require. Hottest 100s and 1000s, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is normally the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. Welcome back to part three of Super Request. Super Request! Super Request. I just felt like because you didn't have the beginning quote that we needed Mm. to sex it up Uh, a little bit. Something was missing there, so... Gave it a bit of extra pizzazz. Yeah. Because I know that people everywhere will be listening to the podcast being like, it's just missing some pizzazz. Where's the pizzazz? Where's the yeah. pizzazz? I'm, yeah. I'm just checking through this, the, the show notes and it says nothing about the missing pizzazz. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There sure, it is. Pizzazz <laughs> begins at timestamp. Yeah. Did, did they tweet about it? Like saying yeah. this, this is a pizzazz free app? Or? Sorry, guys. We couldn't do pizzazz <laughs> this week. <laughs> we'll give you double pizzazz next week. Yes, indeed. We'll make up for it. I mean, let's not. <laughs> it's too Don't email us about the pizzazz. <laughs> Please. <you> know. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, we're talking to you at user where the pizzazz at. <laughs> My name is David James Young. I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour. So joining me once again is Nathan Harrison. Hi. Andrew McDonald. Hey. And Adam Buncher. Pizzazz. That was very pizzazzy of you. Yeah. You brought it back. Thanks. Much like Family Guy and yep. Super Request. <laughs> we're bringing everything back. Yeah. Yeah. And we're bringing back uh, four songs this week. Yeah. Uh, as requested by our beautiful listeners. Yes, indeed. And one really ugly listener. So <laughs> we obviously won't say who it is, but you, like, you know. Yeah. yeah. You know who you are. Well, the funny thing this week is that uh, we do not have any real names to read out. The first song comes from user Allberg5000. So much better than Allberg, yeah. 4,000. Yeah, they've beaten 4,999 other Allbergs to uh, assert their position. It's all about self-improvement. Well, unless unless it's you know coming up to like where Allberg 1 is the top dog. Oh. oh. You reckon, you In which case we Allberg have a is real walk, working their way up. An Allberg. <laughs> working oh, their- yeah. Well, well, if- well, it's an under, under Allberg, you know. <laughs> it's an underdog. It's well, not- like, yeah. well, if And also, if, if someone told you you were the, like, human 5,000. Don't. The 5,000 best Oh, actually, human. of all of them? Oh, oh that's all huge. of them. That's Out of insane. 7 billion. Yeah. That's great. That's, really yeah. that's a ridiculous achievement. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't, and I'm proud of you for it. Like, you've worked man. hard. Like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think I feel like I'm doing a lot of work. So, I guess if you got all of the Allbergs... 5,000's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. They've chosen Goliath by Carnival. This is why you use your real name. Coming in at number one of the first request. <laughs> number 5,000 of the... <laughs> Coming uh, in at number 5,000. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a request from user Allberg5000. They picked Carnival, Goliath. Uh, that is the second track from their second studio album, Sound Awake, which came out in 2009. I remember vividly uh, listening to that record quite a bit in 2009 including one time in the car with Adam Buncher. Yeah. Is it safe to say where you were going to or coming from? Well, probably going to a gig. Mm, Um, I know that much. Uh, Adam and I used to have this tradition where he'd drive up 
and then mm. drive back. And then on the way back, I would put on the song Wake Up by Arcade Fire and I would stick my head out the window and I would scream all the words. And it would be oh, very... Oh, that was you. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, we, we drove past your house quite a bit. Yeah, just to kind drove of get your attention. House. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of lot of musical discoveries on on those on those journeys. And this album was hugely anticipated. This, oh yeah, this yeah, carnival yeah. So album. this comes four years after the first Carnival record. Yeah, yeah. To wind back somewhat though, Carnival, a Perth band. They were formed in 1997 with Ian Kenny on vocals. If you think that you recognize his voice and never heard Carnival before, well, he also has a little side project called Birds of Tokyo, which <laughs> somewhere along the line became way bigger than Carnival, which is yeah. just which is weird to me because like I was definitely more on board with Carnival and and you know the Birds of Tokyo first album came out and it was this cute little spin-off thing that Carnival did. And really then- really Carnival is just a pre wings band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get it? Get it? Wings, birds, get it? Get I do, it? I do, I do. Good. I discovered a fun fact. The name Carnival apparently came from the fact that uh, they Terrible were- spellers. No, the um- <laughs> It was them admitting that they were a bunch of clowns. Huh. Huh. Yeah, good. Yeah, okay. What a bunch of clowns. They were an clowns. insane clown posse, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> the previous album was Thermata in 2005, and it was a very different experience for the construction of the album for Sound Awake. Um, Thermata was all written by Drew Goddard. He wrote that all individually, and he brought it to the rest of the band, um, and they kind of all got onto the tracks from there. What Carnival did very, very well... Um, from the very start, which was this kind of like alternative metal sound that really was part of a part of a real scene in Australia at yeah. the time. I'm thinking like often, these- often dis- discerningly referred to as bogan prog. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah right. <laughs> yeah. Um, other bands being like Dead Letter Circus, Cog, uh, Butterfly Effect, um, which I I just loved. Like I loved all of that, and I yeah. and I'm really proud looking back at that Australia was able to produce that kind of scene because like it really fit a niche that people were, were after where something was still heavy but still pop accessible. Yeah. And it really balanced that really, really nicely um, throughout the course of the band. And it was really s- sweet that there was a scene that kind of emerged from it. And it was such an Australian sound. Yeah. Even though, even though it was obviously like indebted to like, you know, Tool and like yeah. a lot of American bands and, you know, Mr. Bungle or whoever else, they were still like very much coming at it from a unique Australian perspective. Yeah, well, I mean, like, obviously those bands established the need and then this Australian scene formed as a response to that need and it did so amazingly well. This album, Sound Awake, the band actually got into the studio together and were writing songs on the floor collaboratively. Yeah. They said when they were coming to write it that they wanted to focus less on minute details and record something a lot more natural sounding. Sound Awake, I think rightfully has a, a huge reputation around it in terms of yeah. um, particularly Australian heavy albums, yeah. but also just in terms of Australian albums in general. I feel like they just kind of really nailed what they were going for at that point, you know, because it, it does have those huge contrasts because, like, when bands are usually that heavy, like, it's usually with, like, a very heavy or, like, aggressive vocalist. So to have fucking Ian Kenny coming in and just, like, Belting it out, like having such a distinct use of harmony, like counteracting the churning, chugging, and the down down tune sort of shit. It had that kind of crossover appeal where, you know, they could get played on daytime Triple J as well as on the racket yeah. you know, on very late Tuesday nights. And I think you've hit exactly why this song is amazing. And yeah, exactly yeah, why yeah. it stands as a brilliant example of why Carnival was amazing. For exactly the reason that you said. What yeah. you have in this song is this really kind of like heavy, very much rhythmically driven, it's one note riff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That cements the whole song down and literally doesn't have any change from that until halfway through the actual track. That's the only time you get a break from what is set up in the very opening seconds. They actually use a, uh, a, a very distinctive and... Uh, very unique oh God, pedal. Talk about the t- oh, I thought you yeah. were talk about the time signature. No, no, no. There's a uh, oh, that one's a head trip. No, no I know this a, is the thing. A, when I listened to this, and was like, I can just imagine that there are some drummers who really want to talk to me about yeah. this time signature, <laughs> and I really don't want to. Yeah, listen as the to only them. one who actually plays drums in the room, I'm not. Yeah, gonna do no, that I'm not. No, <laughs> thank, thank you. No, thank I was going to say they use a uh, a very distinct uh, guitar pedal to achieve uh, how the guitar sounds through that first bit. You know what it is? No, it's the tuning pedal. So what they do? What? Yeah. 
So both of them are playing that. So they're playing that through the whole thing. They keep playing it and cut in and out by turning on the, the tuning, tuning pedal. pedal. Huh. So, I suppose it's a cleaner out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty clever. Drew and Hoss are very, very talented guitarists and mm. you know like that obviously plays into this this track quite a bit you know everyone is on form on this track yeah you saying this is the first record away from drew just writing everything all five of them just really have their moments to shine here and that's mm. that's really really impressive to watch i i love this track like it really kicks the record off to the next level like you're kind of brought in on this more serene and I guess more kind of groove oriented moment on on the track Simple Boy and then it really starts to kick in when this when this track like just goes for it. It's a live staple obviously. I've said this before and I'll say it again. The great thing about Bogan Prog and Bogan's being into prog is watching guys try and mosh in odd time signatures. <laughs> yeah. Nothing is funnier. I, I think it's uh I think it's exceptional. What I am curious about though is these two. We are, to use the term vooligans, that is an actual term that Carnival came up with. For oh, they didn't have fans. to do that. <laughs> they didn't have to, but they put it on a beanie. And that, oh, beanie, no. that beanie is very popular. But we do have two non-vooligans in this room. You don't have to say you're a vooligan. It's like, <laughs> like, don't, you know. I think it's really interesting, like, calling it Bogan Prog. Because, like, I listened to this and, like, I've, I've never been into Carnival or what, like, which, you know, yeah. huge shock. Um, but I listened to this and it's like, oh, this is like Radiohead, but make it heavy prog. Right. Like that's, okay. that's the, like my first reference point. I think, I think maybe like the vocals. It's like a Deftones kind of thing. I guess. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, it's very interesting thinking about like class then, like, mm, you know, Radiohead yeah. being a very like intellectual band or whatever. And, and even though bands like Carnival, obviously like incredibly technically proficient or whatever. Mm. And, um, but there is like a weird distinction, at least for me, like, you know, yeah. but I don't know what that is. This is, it's not my jam, but it's, it's good and I get it. And like, it's, you know, it's fun. And I think if you're into, you're into this, this is a very, very good example of this kind of music. I think with um, these songs that we've gotten, I try and view them as like, what, how they would be suited for the Ross 100 or for the Triple J audience. And I think this has a huge amount of like that crossover appeal. The mm. fact that the vocals are so, as you said, Deej, not growly, like they're just like a soaring, powerful vocal performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, so that, that again, someone like me who like my prog metal knowledge starts and ends with Tool and APC, mm-hmm. um, like it could can get into this. And like again, it's not what I go to. Um, when I want heavy music, kind of thing like that, but I do. I I really like a I like a single note jam. I like a, I like a one chord jam with songs. Mm. So I was here for that. Here for the incredibly technically proficient drumming. Here for all it all fucking works exactly how it should be for a song that I think could have a uh, appeal outside of the racket. Like yeah, yeah, and this is exactly the thing, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. For all the complicated stuff that they're doing, which I don't care about. <laughs> what I do care about is the groove that it gives me. Yeah, and and you just you lock in. I love the fact that it's called Goliath because any song that communicates the size and shape of the yeah. song in its title, I'm always about. Because it's, it's got a that ch- like slow motion giant. It's a chungus, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a fucking yeah. chungus. Chungus for sure. They should have called it chungus. They should. I mean, missed well, opportunity. I'm, well, I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> no, also like be, very be- ahead of the game to call it chungus. Yeah. <laughs> It is a it is a chungus. Yeah. So uh, so we're it's just progressive. Yeah, we're just we're just setting up someone to be in the crowd at the next carnival show, being like, play chungus. <laughs> <laughs> um, it lays down that bottom end foundation, and the variation that the rest of the band have they create on the top of that bedrock mm. is amazing. Yeah, man. Right. Yeah. The, the way that it manages to do so many different things, and it manages to create so many beautiful melodies whilst maintaining that for literally half the song is just really beautiful writing and really beautiful work mm. um, in terms of the construction. That, to me, is so characterizing for what Carnival are as a band. They don't sacrifice their heaviness and they don't get too far into being like proggy or intellectual or alienating in terms of its concepts. No, they're still weighted. They're still tied to the ground. And what you have instead is this smart, articulate, considered and balanced kind of alternative metal. Yeah. That is both in your head and visceral at the same time. 
which and is theatrical. Is like I and get a oh, very sure. strong like yeah. when Ian Kenny performs live, he is like very. He's kind of got like a Peter Garrett thing where he like moves yeah. like very <laughs> seismically <laughs> in time. Yeah. I was shocked when I saw him do that for the yeah. first time because <laughs> <laughs> he had like he had like this hairstyle at the time as well. It was kind of like sticking up like this real like yeah, feathered yeah, yeah. kind of thing, <laughs> and he's just like jerking around. And it was just like you're just a bird, <laughs> <laughs> a Tokyo bird. Yeah. <laughs> but no, <laughs> shit. Maybe he heard you. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bird. Tilted his head to the. To the yeah. <laughs> I startled him. Yeah. <laughs> Put his head under his wing. I think you inceptioned him. He came yeah. away oh, from that fuck. gig being like birds of birds of somewhere. Birds of something. Yeah, yeah. There's something in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a cacapo confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. This is our first time officially talking about carnival, but uh, over the years they will get in the hottest 100 a few times. Uh, starting in 2005, uh, they get in. I think around like 97 or 98 uh, with the title track to the album Thamada. Uh, and then a few years after that, Sound Awake will get uh, Set Fire to the Hive, uh, which is another banger uh, from this record. And you're, and you're forgetting about one, though. You're forgetting about... Oh, of the, course. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Rogue um, Fort ro- remixed yeah. by the Cat Empire. And I wonder if I really love that. <laughs> I remember, just, just, just to, I wonder if I do. Just to, just to be clear, <laughs> Felix, Harry, none of those guys are actually on the song. It's the Cat Empire horn section. Okay. So they, oh. Yeah, okay. No, yes. I'm seeing it now. Yeah. Oh no, Nathan! I'm disappointed. No, no, no. oh no! <laughs> no. You, oh, you just wait. Yeah, you just just in the wait. middle of this drop D breakdown. You just hear, well, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Our next request comes from Tranquil Bez or Tranquil Bez. I think it's or- like Tranquil Bez, as opposed to like really. Yeah, busy, yeah. chaotic. Yeah. As I'm, Bez. I'm Bez from Happy Mondays. That's what I was going right? to say. I'm Bez very, from very Happy yeah. I'm not dancing at the moment. Who's that? Um, do you remember the band, The Happy Mondays? No. Pre Britpop kind of Manchester thing, but they like they had a guy in there, Bez, who just like he jumped lit- around and yeah. danced. He literally he was, like, was, he was their, their kind of, dancer. He was like a Flavor Flav kind of hype man kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but he just like jumped around and like sometimes shaked maracas. No co- co- creative contribution to the band. And he's just like the singer's buddy. Like, oh right. I, yeah. I can okay. I can link it in. Like um, Garfunkel. You know you know the song Dare by Gorillaz. <laughs> Is that Bez? No, no, no. That's Sean Ryder, oh. who was in... He was the singer of the Happy He Mondays. knows Bez. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're close personal friends. They're in a band together. Is it because the gorillas couldn't get Bez? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess with, with a virtual band, what would Bez do? <laughs> <laughs> Just chill, chills out in the animation studio. <laughs> Pe- perhaps Bez has been there the whole time. <laughs> Damon, when, when are you going to make one of me? <laughs> Soon. <laughs> So, Tranquil Bez, or Tranquil Bez, or Tranky B, uh, has picked a song by the Foo Fighters. Uh, This is Walk. Million miles away, your signal in the distance, to whom it may concern. I think I lost my way. Getting good at starting over every time that I return. Learning to walk again. I believe I've waited long enough. Where do I begin? Learning to talk again. Can't you see? Walk by the Foo Fighters from their album Wasting Light, which came out in 2011. Uh, that song was requested by Tranquil Bez. And Bez, I have a question. Why? <laughs> you know we've talked about the Foo Fighters like a dozen times already, right? It's you- a great bit. Maybe they just like the fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not as good, but you know, like when people that don't listen to the radio very much call up and request 
like the most played yeah. song yeah, at that yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want to like, hear? What do you want to hear? Oh, I'd really love to hear uh, the weekend winding lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just go to a cool. supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stand at the frozen food section okay. for five minutes. You'll be there. Yeah. There oh. are a few reasons why someone would request this song. That's what I think. You know? Really? Yeah. No, I mean, like of the, all the songs. Listen, you you call up and you request chandelier because you want to hear it now. Yeah, it's true. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not because they're not going to play chandelier in five minutes. Because you're not going to be listening. In in five minutes. Here's the thing. Chandelier is one of the greatest pop songs of the 2010s. Okay. Walk. This isn't one of the greatest Walk pop songs. Walk is a song by the Foo Fighters. <laughs> it is a song by the Foo Fighters. It's from their album Wasting Light. It is. It's <laughs> not even one of the good songs on Wasting Light. I thought it was all right. I really like it. Listen, we can't know the reasons. All we know is that it's here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think it's okay. I haven't I haven't heard this song before. Yeah, by I certainly the Foo Fighters. Heard it before. Um but I think it's actually really lovely. Like, and and I, I I get why you would be really into it. Like, I am super here for songs about it's, kind of it's big and optimistic, and it's just about yeah. like regrowth and recovery yeah. and and like you know and never and, wanting to die. And never wanting to die. We, we've all been there, sometimes at least. Sometimes you want to hit back 15. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, no. You, just wait. He says it again. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't worry, Dave Grohl covers the. He will yeah. do it. Yeah, you, you don't need at, to worry. At about the that. end of this song, you are left with no doubt as to whether or not Dave Grohl wants to die. Yeah, I um, actually really want the edit where like similar to the best, the best, the best, yeah. the best. Yeah. I I really want the the edit we hear where like the 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 regular backing of the song goes normally, but every lyric is just him screaming, "I never want to <laughs> <Yeah>. die." <laughs> also, he he wrote it as he was um teaching his baby daughter to walk so That's before cool. you bully him he's trying to be a parent that <laughs> yeah. is alive for his daughter look there's a lot of wholesomeness wrapped up around this song i don't know whether you guys are familiar with the the process that happened with wasting light the album it was all actually recorded in dave grohl's garage which it should be noted it's not yeah it's so not a dave garage, garage. <laughs> come it's on a, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a home oh, studio oh, yeah that garage that's uh bigger than my house <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah but the garage is an island yeah <laughs> but he the island is, the island is new zealand it, yeah <laughs> But it, but it was very much Dave wanting to connect back to how music was for him when he first started. So mm. he said, we're going to do it all on the floor. We're going to re- write and record in this one location with the rest of the band together mm. in my house. On um, that note, uh, this is also the first record that Pat Smear uh, played on since The Colour and the Shape. And not only that, but going even further back, do you know who produced this album? Butch Vig. Butch Vig, the yeah. guy who did Nevermind. Yeah. And... Much to Butch Vig's chagrin, <laughs> Dave was insistent that the album was all going to be recorded analog. Yeah. So he brought Butch into fucking his house. Fucking rock, and man. It kind of is a bit that. Because at the end yeah. of the day, it still just sounds like a fucking Foo Fighters record. <laughs> well, but, it, but it didn't feel like a Foo Fighters yeah, record for, for yeah, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. this is kind of where I sit with this song, is that like I believe that this means a lot to mm. Dave and to the band because they were all together and they were doing they were making music the way that they wanted to and it was really connecting back to something special and Dave talks about writing the lyrics kind of as the process was unfolding and realizing in his own words that we were making an album about making an album mm. and mm. it's this whole process that they kind of went on and I don't know if I care like, that's fine you know yeah. yeah but that's the thing it's like I'm I'm happy for you I don't know where I can come in on that. Yeah. Hmm. The plight of a 55-year-old multi-millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine um, you're, like, you're like a regular guy, not a Dave Grohl level person. You're just a... Mm. You, maybe wait, 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 wait. Hang, wait. Hang, hang. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. Okay. Hello. Uh, Hello. Regular I'm a regular guy. guy. Yeah, so maybe a regular you, guy in the house. M- maybe you guys at home listening... Or perhaps you're listening to this on a train. I don't know how you live your life. Like, picture you're a regular guy and you have a job that you're not really digging that much and you become a bit disillusioned with it. And then your boss says you have to come and live with me while we make that job better <laughs> for me. <laughs> Which is what happened to the rest of the Foo Fighters. And Butch Vig. And who, Butch would, Vig. who I'm sure would 
really have rather used digital yeah, production. Yeah, and the, yeah, okay. Then your boss then says you have to live with me, and also you can't use a computer anymore. <laughs> you have to Taking use a your type, phone. You have to use a typewriter for our social media. There's a box at the front of the garage. You drop your phone in there when you come in. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm like, gonna scream that I never want to die a lot. Yeah, you're gonna have to listen. Um, Dave looking up from his notebook. How do you guys feel about dying? <laughs> <laughs> Are we, pr- we pr- pro or ne- pro? Ne- negative? Yeah. I'm gonna say it's neg. Yeah. Okay, I never want to die. Go around the circle and share our thoughts <laughs> on death. Could have been always. <laughs> I always <laughs> want to die. I always. Um, obviously, this is way beyond my um, knowledge of the Foo Fighters, uh, but like, yeah. I can see why Dave would love this song. I can see why people would connect with it live. It's. Mm. Got all the big optimistic Foo Fighters shit that you expect from it all, mm. and like so, it just fucking works. I think as like a late period Foo Fighters song. Also, did you guys see the fucking video for this thing? It's a good video. I'll give it that. Mm. It's, no. a, it's an homage to the um, film Falling Down, which has Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas. Thank you. I was going to say Michael Keaton, but it didn't sound right. <laughs> and it's this movie where like the guy like his brain snaps and he just go he just goes walks around. Um, the town like sh- shooting people kind of thing like that and like it's gotten like hugely different interpretations people have been like oh it's this condemnation of impotent male rage at a, a system that you that you think is bad but actually benefits you really strongly and you're like a sociopath and a race a, and like a racist guy mm. and some people say like oh it actually empowers people to be to think like that kind of thing like that so there's good and bad ways to interpret it but the fucking video for this is a homage to that it doesn't really match the v, the song's lyrics in any way and it's kind of weird but it's a cool video <laughs> so the guitar the intro sorry when the guitar <gasps> starts mm. inside of this matchbox 20 no oh no I, totally that, that's probably what i was trying to think of but oh, i thought of, you were thinking of um, if you're gone yeah yeah, yeah. also song. a little bit snow patrol chasing cars oh, and um oh. she's so high by tal backman oh yeah it's that yeah. too yeah because yeah. they're all in a and they've all got that very quaint like arpeggiated yeah. ding, and, ding, and ding, that ding. is where that song this song lives i think mm. i think i think it's worth if you're if you're putting them on a shelf if you're categorizing them if you're sorting out your musical dewey decimal like you put it with your tile, Bachman. You put yeah. it with your tile. You're right <laughs> next to Mister Bachman. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know the, the Fook Fighters catalog gets filed in numerous different places. This gets filed. It's a there. bad library. <laughs> Why would you? You just don't know the fun. system. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. You go. You, there's a little computer. Oh no, you're not allowed to use that. Yeah. yeah. You got to use the punch card. Yeah, the punch card the system. Pun- I think the way he sings "Learning to Walk Again" is maybe as my friend. As in my friend, <laughs> as, yeah, as yeah. Dave got. It's, I, it's, I really love the melody line of I believe I've waited long enough. There's something about that descending. That's nice. And just like, yeah, yeah, this is just like a nice song about yeah. like overcoming something. And that's, you know, or like recovery or whatever. And I, like, I do like this. Cool. I, I like the scale yeah. that it goes up like to reach the relative major... Like they're they're a perfectly capable band that have made perfectly capable fucking songs over the years. It's just like of all the songs I could not for the life of me understand why you would pick this song out of like every song. I reckon like, and not to um you know, not to speculate about Tranquil Bez's life. Mm. We're potentially making Tranquil Bez irate Bez. <laughs> or yeah. at least it's not gonna be a very Bez. happy Monday <laughs> for him, I'll tell you that much. I reckon if I was like at least a bit into the Foo Fighters or was listening to this album when I had just gone through something and was coming out of it, mm. this song would be like a cornerstone of like music that was important to me. Now I see. I live my life in the process of just gone through something or, 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 or trying to be better, and it, it's not for me. Maybe the reason you can't connect with it is because he keeps saying, "I just want to live." <laughs> he never wants to die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Andrew, he never wants that, to die. That, that's what I mean. That's why we can't mm. connect with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, whether it's because of the joie de vivre that Mr. Dave Grohl expresses, or or whatever, it's just it, I don't have a lock that fits this key. Like, I, do, I wouldn't begrudge anyone else getting something from it. It's just it's just not... just doesn't fit. <laughs> Joy to Eve. Couldn't be me, fam. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a shame, but we'll never get to talk about the Foo Fighters again. So uh, if you have any final thoughts, uh, let them be known. I think, you know, if, if the timing had been right, then maybe they could have been something. But Yeah, mm. yeah. But alas. But at least we got... 
to do this. Yeah, yeah. Just spare yeah. a thought for Butchvig is what I. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> he didn't want to. He didn't want to do it like this. Any, <laughs> Imagine he was like <laughs> carting in, like, like you know, he like got like a heavy box that you can't quite carry. Just picturing Butchvig carrying in analog equipment. Like, uh, yeah. Oh this, god. If you look and at he the story, like, the chili in the office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's just spools of tape everywhere. Yeah, tape He's trying to stick them back together. <laughs> Butchvig being like, it's probably the thing I'm best at. <laughs> Dave Grohl just sitting on the other side of the room, not helping at all, being like, oh, it's just something about the old tech. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a piece to camera and he doesn't realize. <laughs> Butch is in the background. He's like, he's looked, he's looked like he's, he's a mummy with all the tape yeah. trapped around him. He catches the entire Crying. thing on tape while Dave is just staring down the barrel going, honestly, it's the best record yeah. I've ever worked on. Dave Grohl took doing a Vanity Fair interview. He was like, the crackle of vinyl, the warmth of the tape. You, you can't beat it. Bush Bing's just tripping over. <laughs> <sighs> rock. Fucking rock, man. And why would you want to die? It's you know? three minutes to the hour. You're listening to Triple M. <laughs> Coming up next is a request from user at Vignette's Next Big Thing. Whatever could it be? Another vignette, probably. Uh, p- potentially. That's usually how they work. Vignettes have a glow up this year. No, 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 like, <laughs> is it this vignettes, like a singular vignettes, apostrophe S, next big thing? Or is it a collective of vignettes, apostrophe, next big thing? I think vignettes are too small to have more than one big thing in them. Mm. A vignette That's is a like point. an idea. So having more than one, you know, like you, you got yourself two vignettes there <laughs> that, are, that are linked somehow. Part of your expanded vignette universe. <laughs> <laughs> I think our Alberg material was a little stronger. I don't. <laughs> God, a lot to think about, folks. A lot to think about. <sighs> this is Sigur Ross with the track Hopi Pola. The song Hopi Pola that comes from the 2005 album Tuck. Uh, yeah, Sigaros only get in the Hottest 100 a grand total of once overall. Uh, they get in with the song uh, Gobbledygook, which opens their oh. 2008 album Vitzbillum and Lau. Should have got Cat Empire to do a. Oh remix. right, <laughs> yeah. Now nah, that would have that would have really. <laughs> 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 David. Um, yeah, like my Sigaros uh, relationship is not as like hugely extensive as maybe some other people's, but I do fucking like them very, very much. Uh, I saw them live at Harvest Festival while the sun was setting and that was very, very beautiful. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing a like beautiful, pale Icelandic man play a guitar with a bow and like yell in a made-up language is very beautiful as the sun sets in the summer. Um but yes, this track, obviously, this is one that people are going to know, even if you didn't know what it was called or who it was by. You yeah, do yeah, know yeah. this song. been used in many, many things. Um, it was very hugely used in um, BBC's Planet Earth doco series yeah. from uh, 2006. And you can see why. It was used in yeah. a gardening thing as well, like a gardening show, which is I'm sure, awesome. man. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be in tons of stuff. That's a bit, it's a bit too... Emotional for a gardening show. <laughs> Nathan, Nathan is looking at me. Gardening's like, great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not, but it's like if you're if you're Just feeling fucking Costa is beard blowing in the wind. Yeah. Yeah. All this song plays. I I, okay, look if if that's what make you feel when you're repotting a begonia, then more power to you. Mm. Man, I more wish that. Hey, that'd be good. 
What, you re- wish to repot a begonia? No, just to like feel, feel? joy. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right, guys, dial it back. Dial it back. back. No, to feel joy while gardening that much. <laughs> Pantomime sad boys. <laughs> um, yes, this song obviously hugely just fucking so just optimistic and bombastic and like beautiful. Dude, Everything. Yeah. W- what emotion does it make you feel? I don't know, like happy, right? cr- happy crying. I guess is that that feeling that just like overcome with emotion is the emotion, right? Yeah. Right. This is the thing. It's like you could you could pick out the individual flavors that are in there, like joy for sure, but also like a little bit of kind of like sa- sadness, nostalgia. Right. It's just they've managed to somehow find a package of emotion that encapsulates just kind of every emotion. So yeah, it's just the, kind of the, like... The emotion is overwhelm. Like, you're just yeah, like, I don't... Yeah. yeah. Right? Oh. It's, um... Which and is, like... Yeah, which is so interesting when you find out that hoppy polar means hopping in, in puddles. puddles. <laughs> but I'll get to the lyrics mm. in a bit because the translated lyrics are actually fucking beautiful. Oh. Yeah. But the tack record... Um, which means thanks. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Um, and while we're here, uh, Sigurus uh, means victory rose. Yeah. Yeah. It's named after his like niece or something? Uh, his younger sister. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yonsi's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yonsi's younger sister. Yonsi being the um singer. The lead singer. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. their earlier stuff before this, they were way more steeped in the musical language of like ambient post rock kind mm. of stuff. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah, with yeah. this record is the one where they decide like maybe not actively, but to me it's where they play with actual pop songwriting sensibilities in a much more explicit way. Um, yeah. Like I think act- there's, sh- there's shreds of it on um, untitled Yeah agreed but, yeah. It's, but it's different right yeah. it's, the, that's... This is the one that has I think the most Where they're like Not only are we really good At making big Soft and delicate Post rock music We actually do know How to compose a song Traditionally yep. um, And they really Like I think the melding Of that is really Really good for What I want from Sigur Ross. Like yeah. I, I much prefer them To have that crossover Sensibility They When they were writing this They affectionately referred To it as the money song I'm sure yeah <laughs> Which is Which is like Kind of, I don't like knowing that. Yeah, I don't it's, like, it's, yeah. it's too pragmatic for them. Like, yeah. there's supposed to be these pure angels that we're yeah, just, just here like, to make your lives. Yeah, no, nah, we're going top of the pops with this one, boys. I want them to have a bit of self awareness <laughs> about that. That you, you write this thing, and you're like, all oh, right, yeah, we've done it. Like, this yeah, is going to yeah, be, yeah. you yeah. know, this is perfect for this people is- uh, gardening and watching tigers. This is going to be in a montage about space. Yeah, <laughs> this wasn't the Mario one. It was, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Sorry, have I have I? No, no, no. I wasn't going to even bring it up, but okay, it is great. the yeah. You was Mario. Mario? <laughs> it was used. For, it was used for a, um. Was it the twenty fifth anniversary of Mario? Thirty fifth now, so maybe it was the thirtieth, or maybe but, it was just twenty. Yeah, but anyway, what? it was Ten years ago, when Mario Galaxy came out. There's a montage. It's like a. It's actually a really fucking beautiful video. It's super well edited. It's like Mario, like from like the original 1986 Super Mario Bros. Walking kind of thing like that. And then like it changes to the next iteration of like the next Mario game. And the graphics evolve as it goes on kind of thing. As the song <laughs> builds to its fucking first climax. And then it ends with like Mario Galaxy. He being like shot out into space and like stars. Listen, okay. I'm sure it's beautiful. But, <laughs> but you could put Hoppy Polar literally yeah. on a video of fucking anything. Yeah. And it would become... You'd cry. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of my, like, I, that, I, yeah. yeah. I'm not into it as much, like, <gasps> okay. And, and it's, that's kind of like, like, what you think is exploitative. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think it's too. Those crafty Hopelandic bastards. It's, it's, it's emotional <laughs> manipulation. Have we even talked about that Andrew's water bottle is Icelandic? Holy shit. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Andrew bringing in his yeah. themed water, doing yeah. his classic oh, classic, just always with the props. <laughs> Every episode, Andrew's got some. That's the yeah. water bottle. Yeah, there it is. That's my foley work. Top That's my foley pitch reel. I've I never seen it. that brand before. Nor had I. I just needed a drink, and it was from the um, grocers around the. You know that one. But Andrew, there hasn't been a grocer there for thirty years. The little um, Islamic grocer down the road. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. So yeah, I was never super into cigarettes. And I feel like I, when they were big, was when I was getting into post rock yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're very, very good. I want to put that at the front because I'm not, you know, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. mean to disparage the music or anyone who. Obviously, people get a lot of stuff out of this stuff, but but I this this particularly I find very one dimensional, and the fact that you can put it to anything and it's like, oh my god, like it's just like pure emotion. And then there's something about like I don't know. Very Cirque du Soleil, I think. <laughs> I think Sigurdross oh, are music em. Cirque du Soleil. Wow. Oh, get em. The made-up language, the kind of like beauty for beauty's sake. I'm like, you know, and lo- people love Cirque du Soleil. Um, 
but I don't. That's yeah, amazing. It, I fucking hate Cirque du Soleil, yeah. but I, I love this song. Yeah. It's fucking incredible. And that's fair. Like, I, I, I totally get it. And, like, yeah. it, it's a beautifully crafted song. It's super emotional, but I'm just, like, always... I think yeah, I, yeah, I, I want more... I want more shades of grey in stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And I don't... I'm, I'm not into it just being like, this is, you know, this song is just beautiful. You, like, you, up front, first and foremost, the whole, you know. Right. So you, you aren't interested in being able to name the emotion. Yeah, I you guess. Know, it's like where Andrew and I sit here and it's like, it just makes you feel yeah. everything. You're just like, yeah, but it, because it's so in, uh, non-specific. Uh, no, I think a, it's too a, specific. Oh. I, th- I think it's too like one dimensional. It's, like, it's, it's too just hope. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just too like, yeah, it's, right. it's just a song that is like beauty and hope. And I'm like, oh, I want like, I want shades of gray in there. And did I want. You, did you listen to their last record? Kvaikul? I don't oh, think I did. That, that's that's amazing. super different, man. Yeah. yeah they're real dark. Yeah, that's the like, thing. Yeah. P- yeah. Potentially, this is just like, I've only engaged with the most popular yeah. Ross stuff, which yeah. doesn't have the depths that that they have mm. as a band. And so I'm like, mm, you know. I mean, this is definitely Siggy Ross's pop moment. Mm, like, this yeah. is definitely them. It's just, their money. It's, and a, it's money their song. signature song. It's the, mo- yeah. it's, the, it's, the, it's the money, baby. Um, but I, you know, like, and I've also often said that with the pop hit, you take the nuances away, you shave them because you need to fit so much of the band into such a small amount of space. Yeah. yeah. That you don't have time to fully, like, explore those ideas. It's kind of like the elevator pitch. Of the band, the, dist- like, yeah, yeah. the distillation. You yeah. leave Siguros out, dripping down into into a small beaker, and what you get is just Hopipola, the small, mm. the smallest, most condensed version. I said before, I'm not, I'm not as into them as other people are. But I think I, this song, I still think, is, is beautiful. But like, because we were getting into post rock at the same time, and then like, it felt like this is the more entry level one compared to like listening to like yeah. so Fire to Flames or whatever. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. The, 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 the idea of like people will like. Come by and like sneer at our records whilst <laughs> championing Sigur Ross, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. So you mentioned the translation of the lyrics, Andrew. Yeah, it's um, it's just a song about like um, being like, like the nos- beauty of like nostalgic like childhood, and then just like trying to still like be hopeful kind of thing. And it just them saying like, hopping into puddles with no boots on, completely drenched with no boots on, and I get a nosebleed, but I'll always stand up again. Like just this like lovely childhood way of like being like. Like rem- remembering those feelings from childhood is obviously mm-hmm. like yeah, just which connects very very strongly to the film clip yeah, which is very beautiful. But of course it is because it has Hoppy Polar behind it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but it's um it's these like old people like pensioners yeah running around and pretending that they're kids like playing pirates and you know and literally jumping into puddles yeah, like or whatever yeah, 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 yeah. like ring a bell and run away doing yeah. pranks yeah. and whatever and and laying in you know in, in each other's arms and it's just kind of like okay that's pretty beautiful yeah and if you don't think it sounds beautiful remember it has got this right behind it so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, yes that's right yeah if it's if it had no music behind it Bit weird. Yeah. The music director being like, well, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a freebie for yeah. me. People are going to say this video is beautiful. Yeah. 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 I, like, oh, all my grandparents need a gig. I'll just get them to come in and muck about. <laughs> yeah. don't, have to, don't have to pay them as much. <laughs> just well, maybe it was a going, benefit for like yeah. an old folks home that was closing down. It yeah. was like, well, I can just save the old folks home and oh, make this video. Well, that's not much nicer than what I was yeah. thinking. It's kind of like, Which is, hey, this is your day out. You're going to come and work. <laughs> oh, this, come is your, work. <laughs> this is your work trip. Yeah. Work release. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I have a very strong relationship to this song and I always kind of have, like, I get exactly what you were saying, Nathan, about it's just like, it just paints itself as the emotion song so, so much. Yeah. And for that reason, like, I don't, actually find myself going to it that much like in fact even in preparation to this song it's the song that i listened to the least because like i don't i think that might be part like you know what i mean it's at its best when it's incidental when it's connected to an experience or something else it's Mm. it's almost the song that i save for special occasions Mm. it's almost like the special occasion song which means that i just don't end up ever dragging it out like it lives very vividly in the times that i've heard it in my memory Mm. yeah yeah, yeah. and that's actually kind of where Mm. it's best served um and anytime that i do drag it out you know i'll be on the train and all of a sudden the train's beautiful yeah yeah, yeah, whatever yeah it's it's Um, one of those songs where it's just like you've retired the jersey you know, it's just like, because mm. this came out like 15 years ago, right? Yeah. Like, when this song came out, I fucking thrashed the shit out of this song. That's exhausting, this- man. Exactly, <laughs> right? I, I was just, I was I was in love with this song and I was in love with this record and in love with this band. And just like, 
I don't think I've like gone out of my way to listen to Sigaros probably since I saw them at the Horden back in like 2017. Mm. I feel like I'd, I don't really need to, you know, like Hoppy Polo is like on par with like Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt. It's just like, obviously it's beautiful, but I objectively never need to hear it mm. again. I'm happy to just hang up the jersey and be like, oh yeah, I remember that. That was great. Especially because it takes effort. Like this yeah. song asks mm. you to expand it yeah. so it so it can be fit in. Yeah. Like yeah, and yeah, that yeah. and sometimes that straight up hurts. Like it straight up hurts to ask yourself to feel that much. It's exhausting and it it, it or if not exhausting, then it certainly does take a little bit of effort, which I think is another reason why I don't listen to it that much. It's like sometimes, yeah. man, I just want to chill. I don't want to feel that much. Yeah. Well, I don't want to be overwhelmed with the beauty of my existence. Just <laughs> I just want to have a nice sit. Bro, I'm literally just vibing. <laughs> you know? Sometimes you do just want to have a nice sit. I just want to yeah. chill, yeah. man. Someone on Twitter the other week was just talking about songs um, with like fake English, like just to riff off like invented language. So there's a whole bunch of pop songs. Which we should cover it fully. Um, oh, sorry. Because uh, Sigaros. Um, Predominantly singing in Icelandic, but yeah. there, are, there are some beats where it's like wordless vocals and they hope landing. Yeah. yeah, which is uh, you know similar Scatting. to what yeah <laughs> yeah, but like similar to what uh, Cocteau Twins uh, yeah. did with some of their materials. I'm the yeah. <laughs> I've listened to a mashup of this song and I'm a scatman. Like, are you, th- are you going to bring up the um that Italian? Banger. Oh, mm. a set of hate, the last ketchup. No. no. Oh. What? No. <laughs> no do you remember? Do you remember that song? Yes. Yeah. That yeah, yeah. has real words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole thing I found out was made up to mimic the uh, opening bit of Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. I said, I hey, ha, the the hair, the hair, have it yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of it completely fucking made up, and like all the all all the while as a kid, we, as kids, we were just like. What the fuck are they? What the fuck is this? Like, obviously, we were just like, I don't speak Italian. And then finding out as an adult, oh, they weren't speaking Italian. They made the whole thing up. It may as well have been in Hopeland. <laughs> I said, hey, the ha, the he, the happy to me. Like, I was just like, huh, okay, great. And then when I heard it, when I. How are you still talking about the ketchup song? <laughs> Why are you not talking about the ketchup song? Get on my level. <laughs> All right, our next request comes from... See, vignettes thought we were just going to talk about Sigaros. No. Yeah. You got a side of ketchup, my friend. There's a great... So, so there's a great song. There's this other examples of this, but in the 70s, this Italian guy called Adriano Celentano. Yeah. Oh, Prison Calls the Alien Juice Hole? Yeah. All yeah. oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I remember that one. So, that song is such so a bop. Wrote a, wrote a big pop song sure. with nonsensical lyrics that sounded English. And it's just like an, oh. an Italian person's idea of what English sounds like. In, in, in the same it. way that we would, like, if you like want to do like a fake French thing but can't speak French, you go like, <laughs> je me peux, je I was like, really interested wow. in who you were going to pick. He went with French, guys. Hmm. <laughs> and he put, he put the song out to try and prove a point that the Italian music market would go nuts for anything that was in English. So this is in the 70s and, and a lot of Italian artists felt like they were getting pushed out by uh, American and, and British pop. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wrote this big song, completely nonsensical. It's incredible. It's a bop, man. So good. And it has like such a good video as well. Yeah. So all that stuff that is, is useless in this podcast format, but maybe we'll just post the video. Do we have any final thoughts on Cigaros? Um, uh, I think the ketchup song to- is fine. <laughs> yeah, like it's 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 not the strongest Cigaros song, but it's like I haven't uh, listened to it is not the strongest. It's no. not the weakest Cigaros. It's song. It's definitely the sexiest Cigaros song. Yeah, you know, because they boogie and they wiggle their feet. You know, that's mm. that's that's just what they do. Well, yeah, I wiggle your feet. Well, that's what it sounded like in the song because they because they. Yeah, they knocked their knees in the choreography of the song because there was a little dance that went along with the song. Lowest common denominator manufactured wanting to be the Macarena pop imaginable. Mm. And it worked. It was yeah. a massive hit. That's going to be my postal vote. <laughs> I was oh just my about God, to say, out that in- was Lost Ketchup, which was requested by David James Young. Yes, indeed. Dude, that came out in 2001. We're about to start season nine. Be warned. Our final request comes from Decker. He wanted to hear Corn featuring Fred Durst. This is all in the family. Say what? Say what? Say what? 
Fred Durst, all in the family, as requested by longtime nuisance of the of the podcast, the artist currently known as Decker, who always seems to pop up for uh, remix episodes and mm. yeah, for mm. his takes of the year. None of us want to do this. No, no. <laughs> you can feel it in the room. <laughs> no, fun fun fact. Like we were set to record this episode, like. A week ago, good, good couple of weeks yeah, been, previously. Yeah, I and just before I was, I was like, of the morning we were supposed to record it for the first time. I heard this song for the first time, and I was like, not today. Yeah, <laughs> this is seriously what what put you off. Yeah. Oh man, listening, hearing this song was the real. I was like, I can't do this. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, it's rough. I say that as a devoted fan of Korn who wears their shirt like almost monthly. I say this as someone who keeps a ticket stub of the time I saw Limp Biscuit on the 26th of March 2008 at the Horton Pavilion in Sydney. Around. And I walk around with it everywhere I go. This is fucking rough as guts. Like, look, you heard that little sample there. If you hadn't heard this song before, you have no idea how lucky you were to not have to listen to the whole thing. Like, it's clear that, like, they're friends and they're mucking about. Yeah. They're having a lot of fun. At our expense. At our expense. Yeah. This is an in-joke that shouldn't have left the studio. I um had not heard this song uh, back back in the go- good old days. I still hadn't heard the song. Mm. Um, at two minutes... I thought it, it's got to be nearly over. Yeah. And it was oh. two minutes 50 to go. It yeah. drags. Like the thing is, oh. A, that's too long for a song like this. But also B, yep. it fucking drags so much ass. Like it it, it, it's, it, it crawls along, man. Like it's not. It, it, <laughs> it is. It's malicious about it. You know, like it's, it's, you see a dog is, when they drag their ass and it's normally like, well, I, you're doing what you need to do, scooting. buddy. This dog is looking dead at you <laughs> yeah. the whole time. Yeah. And it is going so slowly. Yeah. And on it, like and your pillow, yeah, <laughs> and it, and it's and it has a diarrhea still going. Like that is this song. It's weird to listen to a song and think, Corn and Fred Durst are better than this. Yeah, fully, like legitimately. Like I implore you not to listen to it. But um, this is it's like the ring. It's like Ringu. Um, this is. Uh, <laughs> you pronouncing that in Japanese? <laughs> That's what the film is called, Adam. It, <laughs> Sorry. Is it? <laughs> yes. Um, it's called Ringu. Yes. It's part of the Pingu universe. <laughs> yes. I was waiting for someone to <laughs> um, Yeah, the, the, the scary Pingu web with the walrus. That, Don't. Yeah. What? <laughs> Fuck. Why did you bring that up? It's called trauma, dude. Yeah. Dude. That's the, that's, the, that's the point of Ringu. Um, but yeah, look. Not to be confused with Rango, which is also terrifying. <laughs> this song is like that. Don't listen to it if you value your life. But um, look up the lyrics because what's like what, what is so incognito. fucking in incognito? Of course, don't want that coloring your search results. What is so fucking upsetting is that uh, a few years back, Corn had uh, the song uh, called Faggot. F-A-G-E-T, where yes. Jonathan Davies spends the entire time talking about how words have specific power and he was bullied a lot as a kid, not because he was... I, I don't think he identifies as queer, but he looked kind of weird and like did his yeah. nails and dressed effeminately. And he was talking about the power that words have and how damaging specifically homophobic slurs are. Yeah. A couple of years later, he records this fucking song with Fred Durst, which is nothing but constant goddamn barrage of fucking... If a 10-year-old boy said that homophobic slur, you'd be like... You're you're better than that. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then they spend the entire time. I know someone, hopefully our fans are better than this, but if you think thinking to yourself, it was a different time. It wasn't that fucking different a time. This is just an absolute joke of an insulting, bigoted, mean spirited song. And the fact that a few years before that, Jonathan Davies was specifically saying about how much, how damaging this kind of exact bullying is, even in a joking context is fucking, he's way better than that. It sucks so bad. Yeah. yeah. This, 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 this is a, this is like, 
like not not with them to each other. The fact that this song exists is mean, and I mean, I'm not even joking. Yeah. It is a mean spirited. Like it's a bad one. No, we need to get that out of the way straight away. Yeah, yeah you like for all, for all else. I, I think there are some interesting things to explore yeah. in the song. Um, but above everything else, and I'm sorry, like we we did the dog bit, all right? We came up with a really nice metaphor for why the song yeah. sucked. And we, look, maybe we'll come up with other ones that'll be really playful because you know we, everyone loves ripping into a song. But like the thing that we need to put as the foreword before anything is that like this song, it's a shame that it exists. Yeah. It's like, truly a bummer. It would be it would be so much better if this song had never been made f- in every conceivable way. Oh, I'd be like, stoked because it that takes was the down case. what's already yeah. a really fucking good record, man. Well, I, mean, I love this record, and this is yeah. I, I I skip this track every single time because I went in for corn and I went in for new metal, and yeah. I said that like what what it gave a voice to disenfranchised you know, young well, people who certainly felt like felt they weren't being yeah, listened yeah, yeah, to yeah. Yeah. Um, and had all these feelings that they didn't quite know what to deal with and and I you know sometimes directly had family trauma mm. for, for this to exist it undoes that good work it makes me wonder it's like was I reading too much into corn like like I, I don't think you were overly reading into corn I think this is absolutely just their buddies they went on tour together they thought mm. and I'm sure that they, they liked they both clearly just loved mucking around yeah and Nobody said no to them. Well, that, this and is the that, thing. This is the thing. And and you look at what's been said from either side, whether it be John Davis or you, whether it's been Fred Durst, and they say like, "Well, look, we came up with this fun idea. Like, what if we did like a rap battle song yeah, together?" That's it. And, it's them mucking about. And and John Davis, you know, speaking, you know, presumably years later after he got sober, um, mm. reflected on this song, and he goes like, "Yeah, that is the dumbest fucking track that Corn ever did. That's what drugs and alcohol will do to a motherfucker." Yeah. So like something that he. Regrets as well. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, honestly, I imagine Fred regrets it. It's a fucking compelling Probably. reason to get sober. This song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you, you record this song. That's you hit bottom. Like it's real in community when drugs comes back and it's yeah. um it's Chang. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. this song. Okay, but what we are left with is just a really interesting example of negative practice. Right here, hmm. it's like it's like people ask like you know oh. What is toxic masculinity and why is it bad? You know, here you go. Yeah. He's all, also he's like all in the family by corn. Here are two people who profess to be friends with one another, who present themselves as this is the way that they show affection to, to each other in, in the course of this song by, by belittling one another's trauma and by throwing homophobic slurs at one another. And that's fun. If, honestly. That's, that's, that's how we have a good time. If, if the lyrics weren't even bad... The song would still suck. If the, if, yeah, because the music's if, not good. If, if, they, <laughs> if they had like clever puns and, yeah, and it was like a joking, you had a battle back and forth. Like that. If, but if they were just really, really clever, if the lyrics yeah, happened to that's be brilliant, it. That's it. it would still be fucking awful because the oh. song drags so much ass. Yeah, what? But I mean, it, it, like you could at least see it as a joke. Yeah, yeah, totally right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm sure some people of the time, because, you know, the discourse wasn't around it just yet, still saw it as a joke and still took it as a joke. That seems to be what some people online. You know, on lyrics websites, and yeah, whatever, are yeah. still saying it's like, "Aha, yeah, yeah, yeah. this this is hilarious." You know, posted fucking eight years ago or whatever. <laughs> so it's like, you, you, there's no <laughs> who recent. Who else still listening to this classic in 2011? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, baby. And you would have to say that it speaks to a world slowly but surely moving towards justice. That this song couldn't be put out today. It could. Yeah. It just couldn't. No. And that's mm. great. <laughs> but I was, yeah, like Corn and Limp Bizkit had all this staying power and like still have some sort of you know cultural zeitgeist today. But you gotta you gotta think like that's a that's like kind of like a crossroads or like sliding doors moment of just like if there was that kind of discourse. Imagine if that just ended their careers like right then and there, and they didn't go on to you know keep playing arenas for fucking twenty years or whatever. Mm. Like, imagine if this song just stopped everything, just dead in its tracks. It's so good <laughs> for so you, good. maybe. So Not good. for me. I wouldn't get, finally get to see Limp Bizkit as, a, as an adult and have a great time. Sorry, you were able to give the guy who made this song money, David. I got him for free, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. That brings us to the end of part three 
of four. That's right. We have one last episode to bring to you, and that will officially bring to the end of Super Request Season. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, sending in the requests. Mm. Massively, massively appreciated. Yeah. So the whole, just a, as, a, as a wine back as well, like the whole thing that we're doing behind this because we we lost a bunch of our reviews yeah in case you um, didn't listen to the first two episodes yeah yeah Yeah. um and so we said you know if you leave us a five-star review um you can also request a song that we can we can do thank you so so much to to everyone in this episode and previous episodes who's done that if it's something that you're interested in we're we're still pretty open to the idea of doing more super requests in the future um but i would like to add that if you are going to do that leave us the review and then shoot us a separate email with your song request yeah, because um, we because we also like hearing um, the the reasons why you picked it. That's um, true. That's good. So yeah, get get in contact with us on either Twitter or Facebook or or also on email. Um, yeah, we're on email now. Mm. Check us out. Mm. <laughs> check, 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 check out email. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Email was the last truly openly developed and free way of communicating. Everything since then has been crap. Yeah, because like you, you don't go to email. Old internet Andrew yeah. has logged. But that's on. what I mean, though, right? Like, because if you want to communicate yeah. via Facebook, you have to sign up for the Facebook thing. Yeah, like, and then you can't use Facebook to message somebody on Twitter because they're not going to agree. But email is an open source technology. That's why, like, you don't just use your Gmail account to email other Gmail people. You can then use it to use the email like Proton Mail or Live. Email Hit thumbs me. up from me. <laughs> Check it out. Hit me up on MSN. Uh, <laughs> yeah, drop us a line. Uh, I'm also available on Carrier Pigeon. Uh, so, um, yeah, get your little boy together, pop a little note in his in his ankle, just wrap it up there nice and neat, and then just send it my way, and I'll, I'll receive it within two to four weeks. Brilliant. Brilliant. You can also send Carrier Pigeons to anyone. Yeah, absolutely. Like Open email. source. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Well, you need it. <laughs> Instead of CC, it's Koo Koo. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison Bye <laughs> Miss Andrew McDonald Starting off And Mr. Adam Buncher I never want to die Good, neither Yeah My name is David James Young Everything is good For you